Hello, IFAS family. My name is Andy Scott, and I have the privilege today of being able to share some thoughts with you regarding the passage of scripture that we are reading. And that comes out of Psalm 24. There were three sections of this psalm that really stood out to me, and I just want to share each one of them with you. The first comes out of the first two verses. It says that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean depths. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28, God says to Adam and Eve, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. God gave us authority to fill the earth and govern it. He gave us the authority to reign over all creation. But the earth is not ours. The earth is the Lord's and everything that is in it. The world and all its people belong to Him. In the world that we live in today, with so much confusion, with so much misinformation, with so much hopelessness. Isn't it wonderful to know that this world, the earth, is the Lord's and that he will redeem all things unto himself and be Lord over all. I long for that day. The second part that really stood out to me comes out of verses three to six. And it starts off with an interesting question. It says, who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? That's not something that we often consider today. The reality is, as this passage of scripture was written under the Old Covenant, we call it the Old Testament. This was before Jesus died on the cross and established a new covenant. And so to access God, to climb the mountain of the Lord and to stand in his holy place required much and in verse 4 and 5, he goes on to say what that is. It says, Only those whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols and never tell lies. I don't know about you, but that's a pretty tall order. Only those whose hands and hearts are pure. Hands are symbolic of the things that we do by our actions, by the things that we do, are we pure? The heart is exceedingly wicked and deceitful. I would hate for anybody to have access into my thoughts, to know what I'm thinking, what I'm imagining, and what I'm processing. But God does. He knows the thoughts and the intents of our hearts. We may look at not worshipping idols and think, well, I've never served a foreign god. But idols in our lives are those things that come and stand in the way of our relationship with God. They may be our job, our finances, the hobbies and activities we do. Whatever it is that takes the place of our worship with God can become an idol in our lives. I think we're all guilty of that, of having things that we prefer more than God. They become an idol, the focus of our attention. And lastly, those that never tell lies. 
have a feeling that if anyone felt like they've never told a lie, that may just be their first one. Because the reality is we've all been deceitful. We've all lied. And so we see from these two, um, two verses that the standard God had to come into his presence was huge. And the reality is, is that the Old Testament pointed to the need of a savior. It showed us that we, by our own strength and on our own might, fell way short of what God expected of us to be able to come into his presence. But Jesus came and died on a cross, paid the price so that we could come into the presence of God. Knowing that we wouldn't be perfect, he was perfect and died a sinless life so that he could stand in the gap and wash our sins away, making us righteous before God and allowing us to come into his presence. The thing that really challenged me was this. Sometimes we can take for granted the things that we have access to. We can become flippant about the fact that we can come boldly into the throne of God, that we have access into his presence, that at a moment in time we can just turn our focus and attention into him and, and, and allow his presence just to envelop us. It wasn't that way in the Old Testament. It required the priests cleansing themselves, offering sacrifices, going into the Holy of Holies with fear and trepidation. I'm not suggesting we go back to that, but I think we need to be mindful of the fact that we serve a righteous God who calls us to live with purity, who calls us to live with pure hands and a pure heart, to not worship idols or to be deceitful in the things that we do. That's the standard he's calling us to live by. And we really need to be pursuing that, knowing that we're gonna fail, knowing that we're in need of a savior who will cover and overshadow everything that we do that falls short of it. But let us be mindful of the fact that we need to be pursuing righteousness to live purely before God so that we can be in his presence. May we be light in a dark place. May we bring hope to the hopeless. May we be a solution instead of a problem in the world that we live today. The final thing is verses 8 to 10. Sorry, verse 7. It says, Open up ancient gates, open up ancient doors, and let the King of glory enter. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, invincible in battle. And it goes on to repeat, open up ancient gates, open up ancient doors. Putting a real emphasis on this. When we look at gates and we look at doors, we use them to secure ourselves, to protect us from intruders, for not allowing people in that we do not want to have in our space. Jesus stands at the door and knocks. He wants access into our lives. We may have given our lives to him and allowed him into our heart. But do we continually have that door open for him by his spirit to go into the depths of our hearts, to be able to show us and to reveal to us things that we need to adjust and to change so that we move closer to being those that have hands and hearts that are pure, that we forgo all idols around us, 
and that we are not deceitful and tell lies. I pray today that as we come into his presence and allow him through his spirit to speak into our hearts, that we are mindful of the standard that God has, that he is righteous, that he is pure, and he calls us to live that way. Thank God, through Christ Jesus, we have been made the righteousness of God because of him. We can come boldly into his throne room presence. But let's not take that for granted. Let's be mindful of the fact that we are full of sin and need to open up our hearts to allow him by his spirit to cleanse us, to purify us. So Father, we are just so thankful for your word that illuminates, that brings truth, that leads and guides us. Father, we are just so thankful that your spirit is within us to reveal truth to us so that we can walk closer to you. We thank you that the earth is the Lord's. We thank you that you, the creator of all things, are the God that we serve. We thank you that through Christ Jesus, we may enter into your holy place and be at one with you. We open up the door of our hearts, the gates and the doors, to allow you access into our lives, to mold us and to shape us into the likeness and the image of Jesus Christ. Speak to us this day as we go through whatever we need to get done and help us to be mindful of acknowledging you in all that we do and all that we say and through all that we think. We ask this in your name. Amen. Such a blessing to be a part of this great church and, and to be part of this reading program. And uh, I just pray that God will continue to bless you as you study his word.